In their own words, a collection of Mormon quotations is a valuable resource when wanting to know what Mormon leaders have said on a number of topics related to the LDS faith. Compiled by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever, In Their Own Words is available at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week, we are looking at an email that Eric received from a young student in California who had a conversation with a Latter-day Saint young lady while they were both attending a conference, and he was challenging her on some of the things that she believed, wanting to understand more fully where she was coming from, and it became readily apparent that this young lady didn't seem to believe a lot of the things that at least her church wants her to believe. Now, of course, This results in a lot of frustration, and it certainly seemed to have been frustrating to this young man because he's asking Eric, this is how the conversation went. How do I respond to this? This is what she's saying. And the reason why we felt that this is important to look at is because this is not unusual. There's many Latter-day Saints who are what we call cafeteria Mormons. And as we mentioned in the first two shows of this week, That phrase comes from LDS leaders such as James E. Faust, who was a member of the First Presidency, as well as the 17th President of the Church, Russell M. Nelson. And just to recap, if you didn't catch our first two shows, let me explain what that means, or at least how they explain the phrase. Nelson said that members are to be warned that they will encounter people who pick which commandments they will keep and ignore others that they choose to break. I call this the cafeteria approach to obedience. And then James Faust said, Revelations from the prophets of God are not like offerings at the cafeteria, some to be selected and others disregarded. Well, it becomes very apparent in what this young man writes to Eric that he encountered a cafeteria Mormon. And in the opening paragraph that this young man sends to Eric, he talks about how he asked this young lady questions about what was required in order to enter into the celestial kingdom and whether or not it was necessary that she must be following all of God's laws in order to achieve that glory in the next life. He said that she didn't really answer if she believed one had to follow all the laws. And as I mentioned on Monday, I can understand why a Mormon might be reluctant to admit that, because you know the follow-up question is going to be, as I've asked many times, how are you doing at that? And of course, none of them are doing it. Yet, that is what is required in their church, and there really is not much of an argument on that. And that's the point we're trying to make in this series, and we're going to continue looking at some of the statements that LDS leaders have said about that very subject. The first quotation that we're going to look at today comes from 13th President Ezra Taft Benson. This can be found in a church manual titled Teachings of Presidents of the Church Ezra Taft Benson. This particular manual came out in 2014. 
Now, the teachings of presidents of the church was a series of manuals, and members were to go through these manuals as a part of their Sunday morning curriculum. This was a church-wide requirement, and this manual was vetted by the leadership of the church. It was correlated. That's the word that they use. So because it was correlated, a Latter-day Saint could look at what it says as being official doctrine of the church. How was Ezra Taft Benson cited on page 164 of that manual? Listen to the spiritual promise, quote, All saints who remember to keep and do these sayings, walking in obedience to the commandments, shall find wisdom and great treasure of knowledge, even hidden treasures, end quote. That's from Doctrine and Covenants, section 89, verses 18 and 19. Some have thought this promise was contingent on just keeping the provisions of the word of wisdom. But you will notice we must walk in obedience to all the commandments. Then we shall receive specific spiritual promises. This means we must obey the law of tithing, keep the Sabbath day holy, keep morally clean and chaste, and obey all other commandments. Notice that three-letter word in there. Twice he uses it in this paragraph. All. A-L-L. Not some, not a few, not the ones you like, not the easy ones. You must keep all of them. And that was italicized in the book. So if it's italicized and it's mentioned more than once, I would assume that Ezra Ezra Taft Benson wants members to take that seriously. I would also assume that if that citation was in a church manual, that that is something that Latter-day Saints need to follow. But yet when you ask them, many times they are a little bit reluctant to admit to it, such as it seems this young lady when this young man asked her this question about that. Now, we mentioned also you have some that say, oh, yeah, you have to keep the commandments, and you ask them how many and how often. They'll say all of them all of the time. What they've just done is they've invited them, as I mentioned yesterday, to the follow-up question. Well, how are you doing at that? And if you're not doing that, where are you right now in light of eternity, if your faith is in fact true? You can see why that would probably be an awkward moment for that Latter-day Saint. And I think sometimes, considering the situation, making a Latter-day Saint feel a little awkward is probably a positive thing to do because we do want to get them to think. We're not out there to try and embarrass them or anything like that. But in a private conversation, if we're going to understand where our LDS counterparts are coming from, sometimes you have to ask these difficult questions. You can do it politely. You don't have to be obnoxious or anything like that. But be inquisitive and ask some of these questions and see how they respond to those questions. Now, we also have a statement from a 70 in the church, a man by the name of Bruce Hafen. What did he have to say in a conference message titled, The Atonement All for All? And this message can be found in the May 2004 edition of the Ensign Magazine on page 98. If we must give all that we have, then our giving only almost everything is not enough. If we almost keep the commandments, we almost receive the blessings. I love the way he says that here because there's very little opportunity to misunderstand what Mr. Hafen is trying to get across. If we must give all that we have, then our giving only almost everything is not enough. If we almost keep the commandments, we almost receive the blessing. Well, what is he implying here? It seems to be very clear. He's saying, 
that unless you are keeping all of the commandments, you cannot expect to receive all the blessings. If a Latter-day Saint hopes to receive the celestial kingdom or celestial exaltation as they understand it in the next life, and all the benefits that come with gaining celestial exaltation in that next life, they have to keep celestial law. As we explained earlier in the week, celestial law is basically keeping all of the commandments all of the time. And even though a Latter-day Saint may not use that term with us, when they say that they must keep all of the commandments all of the time, that's basically what they're explaining. And LDS leaders of the past have certainly been very clear on this subject. If you're not keeping celestial law, you may be keeping terrestrial law, which means you will be qualified for the lower kingdom in your next life. If you weren't good enough to keep terrestrial law, there's a good chance you were probably keeping telestial law, which means you would be relegated to the telestial kingdom after you die. Now, of course, this is all contingent on whether or not Mormonism is true. I don't personally think it is, but Latter-day Saints certainly do. So what I'm doing is merely holding them accountable to what their church teaches about these subjects. Because if we were to join the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, would not we be required to keep all these, these commandments and ordinances and such? Of course we would. Let me give you another one. This is from President Joseph Fielding Smith, 10th president of the church, and he wrote this in Doctrines of Salvation, Bill. Doctrines of Salvation, volume 2, page 21. Celestial salvation, those who keep the full law and obey all the commandments of God are heirs of, and this is in italics, full salvation in the celestial kingdom, the glory of which the Son is spoken of as being typical. These overcome all things and receive a fullness of the blessings, power, and glory of the Father. Yeah, I should mention that Joseph Fielding Smith also said in the Doctrines of Salvation, this is volume 2, page 41, exalted beings belong to the church of the firstborn. Those who gain exaltation in the celestial kingdom are those who are members of the church of the firstborn. Now, I have to admit, that's not usually a phrase you hear many Latter-day Saints tell us on the streets. Uh, this is something that you would probably have to study and learn on your own. So don't expect them saying, well, I'm a member of the church of the firstborn. They just don't do that. In other words, Joseph Fielding Smith says, those who keep all the commandments of the Lord, there will be many who are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who shall never become members of the Church of the Firstborn. Now, Eric, based on what we are going to be looking at when we go through this email, I would have to conclude that this young lady, as sincere as she probably is, being a member of the LDS Church, is not meeting the standard that Joseph Fielding Smith has for a member of the Church of the Firstborn. Let me give you a couple other quotes. This one is from Richard G. Scott, who was an apostle of the Church. He said in the Ensign, uh, May 1995, a conference edition, page 75, obedience to all the commandments. Full obedience brings the complete power of the gospel into your life with strength to focus on the abandonment of specific sins. It includes things you might not initially consider part of repentance, such as attending meetings, paying tithing, giving service, and forgiving others. The Lord said, he that repents and does the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven. And he's citing from Doctrine and Covenants section 1. Bill, one other is William H. Bennett, uh, who was the assistant to the Council of the Twelve. He said this in the Inside Magazine, May of 1975, another conference edition, page 57, 
Do we want to gain eternal life, my brothers and sisters, to be exalted in the highest degree in the celestial kingdom? If so, are we willing to pay the price? And what is the price? Elder McConkie, and that's Bruce R. McConkie, covered that beautifully in his wonderful presentation here today. We must keep all the laws, all the commandments. I want to emphasize that because I feel it is important, my brothers and sisters, that each of us have a personal interview with ourselves periodically and check up on ourselves and get back on course. Eric, would you say that it's rather doubtful that any of these men that we've cited here in the past several days would ever have a Jesus is enough bumper sticker? I don't think so. I don't think so. Because it's clear that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross is not enough to exalt a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints into the celestial kingdom. It's not that they don't believe in grace, folks. They most certainly do. However, the grace to forgive them of their sins doesn't really kick in until they've met all these requirements. Then when they meet the requirements, they can hope that they have that forgiveness of sins and ultimately get them into that celestial kingdom that they hope to receive. Tomorrow, we're going to look at some other things that this young lady had to say in this conversation with this young Christian man. And again, it's proving our point that cafeteria Mormonism is very much alive in the LDS church. We need to be particularly attentive to what we are hearing from our LDS friends and respond accordingly if we hope to have a meaningful conversation with them. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.